Welcome back to state-sponsored conspiracy podcast, the only officially government-sponsored podcast in the United States. I don't know about China. They probably have their own sort of thing. We don't worry about them. Today, we are discussing Hollywood conspiracies. That's the big reveal that I wouldn't say last time. It's Hollywood conspiracies. This is a star-studded episode. I know that's what the listeners want. A lot of hot goss. Oh, yeah. This is basically the People Magazine episode, except not really. We're, get, we're getting into some weirder stuff than that. We're starting off the hottest, the hottest celeb of them all, Stanley Kubrick. Can so you guess hot. where I'm going with this? Uh, eyes wide shut? Yes. The conspiracy theory... For, okay, first of all, Young Stanley Kubrick was attractive. I hope you were not saying that sarcastically. Oh, I, I will, I've never seen Stanley Kubrick's face. I've never even bothered to look at it. Okay, well, young Stanley Kubrick was attractive in a certain way. And the biggest Kubrick conspiracy that is of interest to me, obviously he faked the moon landing. I'm kind of I'm moving on from that. The real interesting one to me is that Kubrick was murdered. That's also more on theme with this episode because everything else is about murder. So I wanted to talk about the murder one. He died of a heart attack at age 70. That's like what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And there's no actual evidence that he was murdered per se. And that's also going to be a common theme with these Hollywood conspiracies. Very, very little evidence. I think that's a common theme with every conspiracy. Well, okay, yeah, that is also true. Until the until the last part of this episode, but I won't I won't say too much now. But so he dies of a heart attack. He's seventy, kind of a classic heart attack age. Now here's where it gets supposedly suspicious for people. He died six days after the first screening of Eyes Wide Shut. That's almost one week. <laughs> yes. In case you're unaware. Because you're, maybe you're not big into the movies. I know our audience is a little old. So maybe you guys don't watch any of these moving picture shows. But Eyes Wide Shut is about elites in New York having weird uh, ritual orgies. And it's also kind of implied that like kids are involved. Well, not kids, but like underage ladies. And there's a lot of uh, cryptic weird stuff going on. The shooting of the movie itself was also very weird. Um, because it's set in New York, but they did it all uh, in England because Kubrick like refused to leave the country at the time because he hated flying. And it was it's the longest continuous film shoot in like ever. It was four hundred days long, which is very weird. <clears throat> and the real this is where it gets actually somewhat suspicious. I will admit. Here is a quote from Nicole Kidman who is the female lead of uh, Eyes Wide Shut alongside Tom Cruise. And Seth Rogen, of course. And Seth Rogen, he, he plays the villain. So what? tell me what you think of this quote. Mm-hmm. She said, Stanley told me the world is run by pedophiles. He studied secret societies his whole life. He was fascinated by them. And he said the elite, the top secret societies, are full of men with a certain predilection. They are tied together, sort of bonded by pedophilia. They all know each other's dark secrets. It's a lifetime bond. Even if one of them wanted to go straight and repent, so to speak, he can't. His peers will bring him down. They are in it until death, driving the world to ruin. That's kind of how Stanley explained it, but it was all very complex. I'm probably not doing it justice. Uh, Sounds like he was a a bit too into it. Now, here is an additional piece of context for this quote. This quote gets brought up a lot whenever someone brings up Kubrick was killed by the CIA. But here's what they don't tell you. This quote is fake, and she never actually said that. Now, what do you, now how do you feel about the quote? Yeah, that seems like... Well, okay. When you were saying the quote, I was like, well, this is a bit, this is a bit wordy for an actress like Nicole Kidman to just say all of a sudden. Do you just call Nicole Kidman a dumbass? I'm just saying nobody's gonna 
She's not. I I don't think she's like a philosopher. You know. <laughs> I do not know anything about Nicole Kidman. I cannot. I cannot speak to that. Now here is a real quote from Stanley Kubrick, and people will bring this up to make it seem like Kubrick was uh, weird. And people also people also bring this up to say Kubrick was anti-Semitic. Uh, because some people do try to say that Eyes Wide Shut is is all about calling out the Jews. Um, so the co-writer of the script uh, said that Kubrick told him that Hitler was, quote, right about almost everything. <laughs> and that that is actually a real quote. Uh, but he also said that he assumed Kubrick was joking. Now, he, the thing about this is Kubrick was Jewish. Yeah. What I think... Now, that doesn't mean it can't be anti-Semitic. It just makes it funnier. It does make it funnier. That's my point. Because he's Jewish, he's allowed to say stuff like that. Like how Hogan's Heroes was made by Jews. You look back and you think, that's kind of weird that they made a show about uh, like people in Nazi <laughs> prison camps. It's like how Larry David made a whole show just making fun of Jewish people when he made Seinfeld. Exactly. My next example was going to be the episode of Seinfeld where Jerry is making out during Schindler's List. We're on the same wavelength there. We really are. And I feel like Kubrick can make this joke and it doesn't mean he's anti-Semitic. So I don't, th- I don't think that people should bring this up to slander this man who was attractive in a certain way when he was young. I want you guys to Google that. Now, I did Google uh, Stanley Kubrick while you were saying all this and... I have no idea what you're talking about. He is an ugly John Rhys-Davies-looking gamely motherfucker. All the listeners are going to agree with me, and they're going to be—they're going to like what they see when they. I, I was expecting like like a young Stalin sort of situation where it's like, damn, all right, but no, he he looks disgusting. I would I would kill him myself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it, you you would put the hit on him. Yeah, he's too ugly. Well, the listeners are going to find out that I'm right when they when they look him up. That's all I can say about that. Now, why would the government have, uh, or not the government, why would the elites have Kubrick killed when he's, he's the one who made their whole uh, moon landing movie? Well, I think these, I don't usually see these conspiracies connected. I think usually you got to be in one camp or the other from what I can see. But there are also people who say that it was not the elites or the CIA who killed Kubrick, but the Scientologists, because Tom Cruise is the lead in this movie, and some people say that they they took it as a personal insult. They took it personally, and they thought that he was sort of making a movie about how like secret societies are bad, and he was trying to essentially put Tom Cruise through some sort of weird like humiliation ritual, and so they killed him. Uh, I, I guess I'd buy that a bit more. <laughs> I would weirdly kind of buy that more. Now, there's also, I saw in one completely random article, one guy said that it could have been Woodrow Wilson supporters, President Woodrow Wilson. Uh, isn't that guy from like the 1800s? Sorry, I'm not very good with president. <laughs> hey, you're not off by too far. But what this guy said was that according to certain delusional shining fan theories, of which there are many, and some of which are are real. I'm actually kind of a shining uh, autist myself. But there's a scene in The Shining, which I have seen many times, where Jack Nicholson goes into the gold room, and the bartender tells him, your credit is fine. Now, what does that mean? I've never seen The Shining. You've never seen The Shining. I can't do horror movies. Okay, first of all, we got to watch The Shining after this. But according to the theories, this is an elaborate metaphor for the Federal Reserve. And there are some people who say that the whole movie is uh, essentially about the Federal Reserve. And who created the Federal Reserve? Woodrow Wilson. Oh, I was going to say Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) Again, I'm not very good with all this stuff. (laughs) And so basically you have some sort of like secret cabal of like 100 plus year old Woodrow Wilson supporters who iced Kubrick for this shining disc 
They were they were so pissed that he would he would diss the Federal Reserve <laughs> that they had to wipe him out. And they waited until he was seventy, and then they made it look like a heart attack. You sure showed him. <laughs> yeah, they got him after he'd had a long and successful career. They finally killed him at seventy. A long successful career, successfully finished his movie exposing the pedophile elite. It really got him. And released it to critical and commercial acclaim. <laughs> what if what if what if it was the CIA, but they just like screwed it up? They're like, well, that's all you guys did. You're supposed you were supposed to burn every copy. You just killed an old guy. They're like, wait, it, it premiered a week ago? <laughs> we got the <laughs> yeah. dates all wrong. Ah, jeez. Oh well. The the Woodrow Wilson cabal is gonna be pissed. <laughs> Now, here's another murderer, Jim Carrey. True. Jim Carrey, according to people on the internet, killed his girlfriend, Katharina White. So, Katharina White, uh, officially, meaning in real life, yeah. committed suicide via an overdose. But the, where this conspiracy comes from is her family uh, did hit Jim Carrey with a wrongful death lawsuit. Uh, and it got thrown out of court, but basically they they tried to sue him and say that she only died because he used his like money and Hollywood connections or whatever to get her the drugs that she OD'd on. And it was, I mean, it's pretty obviously just a cash grab from the family, but that is the source of this conspiracy. And there's all there's also uh, some drama where it turned out that she had been married the whole time, not to him, but to another person. And it was like a green card marriage because she was Irish. Gross. I know. So, How does this so, relate to Patton Oswald? <laughs> oh, he's coming up next. He's next. But the thing about Jim Carrey is the story does not stop there because more, more supposed evidence uh, can be found on the internet for his, his guilt. First of all, he's crazy. Okay, he is crazy. No no one I'm not going to defend him on that and say that he's not a crazy person. But now this is this is kind of the key to all this. This is really big. In the Batman movie. Right. Wait, what's what's that one called? The one that he's in? Uh Bat Batman Forever? Batman Forever. Wait, let me look this up. He plays Edward Nigma, the uh the Riddler. Is that the Riddler's name in like all the comics? Yep. E Enigma. <laughs> I hate superheroes. But okay, so he was the Riddler in Batman Forever. And in that movie, the Riddler kills his boss and makes it look like a suicide. Yeah. And that's the movie. Then real life, do you see do you see what's going on here? Wait, hold on. What what came first? His girlfriend dying or Batman? Batman. Okay, so he got the he got the idea to kill his girlfriend and make it look like a suicide. Wait, it wasn't a suicide, it was an OD. Wait, was it a su- OD suicide? It was an OD suicide. Okay. So he got that idea from Batman. Yeah, he he acted as the Riddler and then he said I'm going to become the Riddler in real life. Damn, I was really hoping it was going to be related to the mask or something. And he's going <laughs> to be like, "Somebody stop me." Well, I can only assume that if you believe he killed her, he did say that. While wearing a zoot suit? (laughs) (laughs) But then it goes on. The internet evidence does not stop there. Jim Carrey was also in a movie, a drama, a serious dramatic thriller called The Number 23. And the reason he was in this movie, first of all, is because in real life, Jim Carrey is obsessed with The Number 23. Did you hear? Do you know about this? Go on. There's like a whole thing about the number 23. It's not just him. It's it's supposedly like a magical number or whatever. Why? I mean, the, the real reason is because of pattern recognition. But I mean, I, I don't know why people have just fixated on the number 23. That seems like the worst one to fixate on. I mean, you could fixate on like the number one or five or ten. Like those <laughs> seem really easy to fixate on you know it's like those are like base numbers that would be too easy because you you really would see that everywhere 
And if that was your thing, you'd lose your mind in like two days. So he he picked 23 because he wanted a number to fixate on, but not one that was too easy to fixate on. It had to be sort of a bit difficult. And in this movie, which has 7% on Rotten Tomatoes, which means I will be watching it at some point. And 7 times 3 is 21. Oh and then my. add 2 to that, 23. It's all coming together. <laughs> in the movie, his character witnesses four different suicides. Four times 5, 25 minus 2, 23. Yeah. Now from here, we enter into a um, a sort of connected conspiracy, which is basically that Jim Carrey not only killed his girlfriend, but he also killed like five, six other people. And, you know, there's, there's all sorts of math equations you can do to link that to 23. <laughs> he also killed Charles Rocket, who plays the villain in Dumb and Dumber. Now here's the evidence for this which could probably convict him in a court of a court of law. Charles Rocket in real life committed suicide just like his girlfriend and just like the people uh, in Batman Forever and the number 23. He in real life he slit his throat, which is a hardcore suicide. That's method. pretty badass. It's it's kind of insane. It's very uh it's a little bit samurai-esque, but he was just like a comedian. And then in, so in Dumb and Dumber, now first on a side note, I have not seen all of Dumb and Dumber, but I have seen this scene because I went to uh, get my oil changed and some other stuff on my car. And I sat down in the waiting room and I brought the brothers Karamazov with me because I knew it was going to take like an hour. And that's what I've been reading lately. You're so pretentious. (laughs) <laughs> this is where I failed at being pretentious <laughs> because Dumb and Dumber was on TV and I decided that that was better. And so I watched like the first half of the movie instead of reading anything. And I saw this scene. The This is the main point. I saw this scene where it's after they successfully troll the, the guy into paying for their uh, stuff at the restaurant. The Dumb and Dumber fans out there know what I'm talking about. And Jim Carrey has a line where he says, slit his throat. He says, oh, they caught up to him down the road and slit his throat. Now, what's weird is that this line is not in the script. It was actually ad-libbed by Jim Carrey. You can't do that. You're not allowed to ad-lib lines. He did. He ad-libbed this line. And supposedly, the reason he ad-libbed this line is because all along, he was planning on slitting Charles Rocket's throat. Based? Now, you're probably wondering, (laughs) you're probably wondering why would he kill Charles Rocket? It's because when Jim Carrey auditioned for SNL when he was 18, they went with Charles Rocket instead, and they did not hire Jim Carrey. So finally, decades later, he gets his revenge, and he slits his throat and makes it look like a suicide. You know how many years later? 23 years later. (laughs) And then, weirdly enough... I do, this is actually all very weird. I'm not going to convict Jim Carrey, but it is genuinely very weird. It's it's kind of just like a cursed production, like Glee, like how everyone died making Glee. That's not even true. It is true. Like four people on Glee died. Literally one person died. No, no, no a couple people died and that one guy went to jail. That was after. Naya Rivera died like two years ago. That The other guy died like... He went to jail, and then the, the only like the one guy, Finn, he he died during the show. Wait, hold on, Finn Finn died. The one cheerleader died, and the guy who got busted for CP killed himself. That's at least three. Yeah, but the, but two of those were far after, like way after the show ended. So jo- jo- okay, Jonathan Brandis was really in Dumb and Dumber, and he also killed himself. He hung himself. I mean, this the the person who came up with this theory on on Twitter said that Jim Carrey killed him, of course, adding to the body count. But Jonathan Brandis hung himself on 11-12-2003. That's basically two 23s, because 11 plus 12 is 23, and take out the zeros in 2003, that's 23. The math checks out on that one. Yeah, and then... The rest of this theory, I'm not going to go into the, the whole thing because it would take forever and it 
it stops <laughs> it stops making as much sense, which is really saying something because it doesn't actually make sense to begin with. But this guy also thinks that Jim Carrey killed Chris Benoit, the wrestler, his whole family, and also Chris Cornell. So Chris Cornell's dead? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. That's unfortunate. Because I don't know who that is. Oh, yeah, he's dead. I was fanning sadness. But he couldn't have killed Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit had that, like, bow flex. He was so strong. <laughs> if anybody killed Chris Benoit, it was Neil deGrasse Tyson, because he raped Chris Benoit's wife in college. Wait, really? Yeah. Well, actually, what's funny is that they specifically addressed this in the the theory, and the guy says that, um, like, Jim Carrey was able to kill jacked chris benoit because he he was like too brain damaged at the time so jim carrey could could like manipulate and sneak up on him can't keep getting away with it (laughs) exactly all right now we can move on to Patton oswald a whole new can of worms Patton oswald is the other uh actor slash stand-up comedian who killed his wife and many others so Patton Oswalt, if you don't know, was the rat in Ratatouille. Among other roles. But mainly he is known as the rat in Ratatouille. I'm not sure that's true, but go ahead. It's true for me. Now his wife also died of an overdose. And the reason, this is, there's basically two reasons why people say it was a murder. There's basically just two things that are supposed, supposedly suspicious. Number one, she was a true crime author. And she's actually the one who came up with the name Golden State Killer. So obviously that means if something happens to her, it's automatically suspicious. The second thing is he got remarried 18 months later, which some people said, hey, that's a little too soon. You know, 18 is, that's pretty close to 23. (laughs) Dangerously close to 23. You round up a bit. So basically on that, people have said, send him to lock him up. Uh, yeah, works for me. You, you say lock him up? <laughs> yeah, I've heard enough. <laughs> Let's move on from the murderers to the murdered. What do you know about Heather O'Rourke? Bitch. She is a dead child. Do you now <laughs> feel bad about calling her a bitch? <laughs> Heather O'Rourke was a child actress who played the kid in the Spielberg movie Poltergeist. And she died when she was 12. And if you if you know about this conspiracy at all, you probably know it from the pictures um, that are just, it's of, it's of her and Spielberg. And it just says, like, in big letters, ask Spielberg what happened to Heather O'Rourke. Now, did she die of overdose or of poltergeist? She died of neither of those things. She died of, like, um, like a rare, like, bowel condition. That cool. she got from drinking, like, infected well water. It's a little bit funny. <laughs> so then she she died when she was 12. And the conspiracy is that Spielberg killed her uh, to keep her quiet about all the molesting he was doing back in the day. Because, you know, Hollywood is full of pedos and so on. And, you know, it's part of that general conspiracy. I don't think Spielberg does that stuff. I don't think so either. I think I think after making AI with Kubrick, he was like, no, I'm not, I ain't molesting anymore. You know, I was reading a thing about that. I mean, obviously, because it, it came up with all this research. The, the, the movie AI is like they're making the, the robo kids for parents who can't have kids. There's a theory that Kubrick's version, had he lived to like finish it? That Kubrick's version would have been making robot kids for pedos to bang. Oh, I thought that was just implied in the movie anyways. I have not seen it. Is it actually? No. <laughs> the movie's <laughs> oh. hella weird, though. I watched it for the first time this year. I I was unable to give it a rating. I didn't know if I hated it or loved it. It, get, it gets really weird. Like, it ramps up. Huh. Is there... Is this the is this the one where it's like uh uh Robin Williams? Is it is Robin Williams in this? No, you're thinking of the bicentennial man. Oh right, yeah. The AI is like if if the bicentennial man had a like a retarded child. 
Um, but that but that child ended up being like Forrest Gump. This gives me an idea. I think the next episode of the show should just be us like misremembering movies. I'm remembering the movie. I I watched it this year. It there's aliens at the end. All right, extra dimensional aliens. Well, I thought it was. I thought about artificial intelligence. No, it's about <laughs> it's about so much more than that. Oh. But I really think, I think the next episode, in order to save me time on, like, looking stuff up on the internet, I think we should just do an episode where, like, we, like, one of us says a movie and the the other one, like, may or may not remember and we just go back and forth. I think that would be good content. How much do you remember about Good Burger? I remember. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't do it now. That's, <laughs> we're going to save it for a whole episode. We don't want to burn through all the examples now. Anyway, the start of this Spielberg killed Heather O'Rourke conspiracy is a woman named Diana Napolis. And Diana Napolis is basically an old school, literal schizo poster from the late 90s and the early 2000s internet. And she made all these accusations about Spielberg um, saying, you know, she started with the, you know, the standard stuff. She said, Spielberg, you know, he's touching the kids. He's killing the the Heather O'Rourke's and he's in a satanic cult. So pretty much your run of the mill, uh, you know, stuff with that would later be recycled into QAnon. But then she also said that Spielberg put a microchip called a soul catcher in her brain. In Heather O'Rourke's brain? No, in her own brain. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. And so that she she got in a lot of like legal trouble for stalking spielberg and following him right and it got to the point where spielberg had to put a restraining order on her and he put out an official statement this is a real quote from steven spielberg where he said can you do an impression as you read the quote (laughs) i don't even know what would a spielberg impression be i don't know just imagine just do george (laughs) lucas i can't do a lucas impression can you i of course i can do it right now. Hey, it's me, George Lucas. I I killed Heather O'Rourke. <laughs> who is who is that? Is that Joe just, Biden? Just read the quote. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "To state the obvious, I am not involved with any form of manipulating Miss Napolis's mind or body through remote technology or otherwise." He had to come out and officially deny this. But I will be asking for my soul catcher back, please. <laughs> that being said, I would like it back. It was very expensive. No, so then she she gets the restraining order, uh, but stays out of the stays out of the psych ward. But then uh, there's an incident where she is like yelling at Jennifer Love Hewitt at the Grammys. And gets into a physical altercation with Jennifer Love Hewitt's mom. We've we've all been there. <laughs> hey, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> and so this is the incident that gets her sent uh, to the psych ward uh, because she did legitimately have very serious mental problems, um, and she, uh, you know, she was there for a while and she got like meds, and then she stopped posting about Spielberg on the internet. Get well soon. And now people have people have carried on her legacy and are posting about Spielberg on the internet for her and continuing to say that he's a pedophile with no evidence. Was he on Epstein's plane? Not that I know of, but you know what? I'm going to look it up now because I don't want to do all this Spielberg defending and then have it turn out that he is actually a pedophile. Look, if, it, if Epstein invited me onto his island on his private jet, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Hold on. What era of Epstein is this where you're not saying no? <laughs> if if he came back to life and asked me, I would say, hell yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, let's saddle up. Go a little St. James. Yeah. I would like to go on record as saying I would not do that. For the listeners, I'd like to say that. You'd be my plus one. Shut up. <laughs> so then the other... So that's one supposed piece of evidence. This this woman is a piece of evidence number one. Piece of evidence number two against Spielberg is an anonymous person claiming to be a Hollywood lawyer said 
that Heather O'Rourke was murdered, uh, according to a post on crazydaysandnights.net. Sounds legit. <laughs> yeah, this anonymous post, you will see this in like every article and like Reddit thread or whatever um, about Spielberg. And the site has a disclaimer that reads, uh, reads thus. Crazy Days and Nights is a gossip site. The site publishes rumors, conjecture, and fiction. So it's it's like it's like 4chan's X board, but for celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> Only a fool would take and would take the things posted here as fact. All right, now here's the last guy. Here's the last murdered guy, Gary Devore. Bitch. You might not have heard. How? First of all, how dare you? You might not have heard of Gary Devore. He was a screenwriter. He wrote classics like Pentathlon. Have you heard of that? Nope. Showdown in Little Tokyo. He wrote that. And he wrote Tracks, and that's spelled T-R-A-X-X. He wrote that. Of course, it's spelled that way. And the conspiracy is that he was killed by the CIA. Also, Dunstan checks in. He wrote Dunstan checks in? No, but I... That would be funny if he did. <laughs> oh, you're just mentioning the movie. Okay. <laughs> I just like mention- mentioning Dunstan checks in. Yeah, do that more. No, this is <laughs> more often on the podcast. Yeah. Okay, I'll try to do that. Um, but this guy, this is genuinely... Now, this is tr- this is the true part. The Dunstan checks in part was not true. This is the true the true part. So Gary DeVore... He's a big-time screenwriter by this point. He says he has writing block. He leaves. He goes to Santa Fe to finish his latest script, which is going to be about the American invasion of Panama in 1989. Bridge over the River Kwai. Which is... (laughs) No. This invasion... I've never even heard of this. Maybe that's just because I'm a Zoomer. Maybe that's because I don't read the news all the time. Maybe Maybe it's a fictional movie. No, this is a real invasion. I don't believe it. <laughs> oh, it's real. So he finishes the script. Writer's block is cured by the change of scenery. He's driving back to California. He completely disappears. He never shows up at his house in California. His wife never sees him again. Nobody knows anything. He's completely gone. Dunstan has totally checked out of the building at this point. And nobody finds anything for a year. There's no more... Showdown Little Tokyo, no more tracks. With two X's. Uh, then a year later, in 1998, they find him dead in his car under a bridge. His laptop that had the script on it is gone. His gun is gone. He, ha- he carried a gun frequently with him. Of course, as, as a screenwriter does. <laughs> exactly. And, and this is the weirdest part. His hands are gone. Uh, like, like chopped off, like not there? Yeah, like his hands are not on his body. This is the, this is the official police report. This is like not, this is not a conspiracy. This is all in the official police report. Even weirder is that this place under the bridge was searched extensively during the original, uh, like search for him and nothing was found down there. Then a, a random private investigator happens to go down a year later, and he's the one who finds the car and alerts the police. What the heck? Yeah. So the non-murder explanation uh, of Gary DeVore is just that he crashed. He what? just crashed his car. No, the, there has to be murder involved, considering his car wasn't there when they were first searching and then he, they found him with his hands cut off. I think, I think murder is well on the table at that point. Oh, yeah. And then furthermore, in order for him to have just crashed, he would have had to have driven against traffic for th- three miles at night. And when they found the car, the headlights were not switched on. Just, just, to, con- just to confirm, his hands, his hands were not there. He, they, were, they were gone. Yeah, the hands are gone. They weren't attached to his body or present. Yeah. Okay. Now, some hand bones were found nearby, but they could not uh, They could not be proven 
to be his hands. Those could be anybody's hands. Yeah. Now, there's a documentary and book about this called The Writer with No Hands, which is a pretty great title. But the documentary, they discovered that in the official report, it said there were 23 hand bones. Remember what I was, Jim Carrey? That's the same number as the Jim Carrey number. <laughs> exactly. Um, but then it came out that in reality, there were only three bones. And the, these, the three bones could not be confirmed to be DeVore's bones. And he had a deformed left little finger, which would be a good identifier, but they could not show that it was his little finger. The whole thing is just gets weirder. And I'm not even done with the weird things yet. It's not even over yet. Okay. So witnesses that they interviewed for the documentary, they said that they saw an unmarked black helicopter overhead the day the car was pulled out a year after his disappearance. The documentary mostly follows a guy named Matthew Alford, who is a like writer slash researcher guy. And he requested the full 600-page police file on DeVore. But the police told him that because of all the stuff he'd brought to their attention, they might reopen the file, and so they couldn't release it. So there's a lot of stuff that isn't, like, known. 600 pages? Yeah. Why? Is that normal? For a dead body? I actually don't think that's that unusual. But there are more unusual things. So DeVore's widow... He had three. He had three wives during his life. Oh, I, not at the same time. Not at the same time. Okay. But his his last wife, who got to be the widow, she said that Devore had calls with people from the government, and had documents with Cyrillic writing that he refused to explain to her. Like Russian. Yeah, and then here here's a quote from his widow, who is named Wendy Oates. That's a good name. That is a good name. It makes her sound like a fictional character, but that is her real name. That's sexy. <laughs> sexy? <laughs> Wendy Oates? Oh, sorry, I just, I was just, it just... Oates makes me think of Cheerios, and I just... I really like Cheerios. I'm going to go ahead with the quote. He had been very disturbed over some of the things that he had been finding in his research. He was researching the United States invasion of Panama because he was setting the actual story that he was writing against this and the overthrow of Noriega and the enormous amounts of money laundering in the Panamanian banks, also our own government's money laundering. So she basically said he was connected to the government somehow. His publicist, my, whose name was Michael Sands, he straight up said that DeVore was working with the CIA and that it could have been connected to his death. Michael Sands himself openly said that he worked for the CIA. As in, he himself worked for the CIA. And uh, so Michael Sands, as well as a a separate person, an author named Trisha Jenkins, uh, she also believed this is true. She said that Michael Sands, DeVore's publicist, got Muhammad Zidane, the head of the Palestinian Liberation Front, arrested. So basically, this guy's publicist set up a fake interview with Muhammad. And then the special forces came in and got him because he, he like told them, he's like, hey, Muhammad's going to be in town for my supposed like lunch interview. Now you guys can nab him. And then Muhammad Zidane died in custody, which as I mean, I think everyone knows that what that means is that Israel asked us to kill him and then we killed him. I think he had a heart attack. <laughs> maybe, maybe he also had a heart attack. Now, Michael Sand, his publicist was like a, a kind of a weird guy also. He sold designer cheesecakes and he also set up surgery live streams where you could watch facial, you know, plastic surgery on the internet. And this was in, this was in like the early 2000s. Hold on. What what is a designer cheesecake? That's a good question. The article <laughs> I wasn't aware food could be designer. This article just said he sold designer cheesecakes. Okay. But that sounds really good to me because I love cheesecake. I hate cheesecake. You do? Yeah. What? I just don't think cheese and cake should be anywhere near each other. 
Kubrick is ugly and cheesecake is bad. You hear it here first, people. And Heather O'Rourke is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so this is his pub. And then one last thing about his publicist, which is unusual. He died. He also had like a sudden death. He choked on a sample at a grocery store and died. <laughs> I'm serious. That, that's what happened to Michael Sands. A sample of what? Cheesecake. <laughs> he just popped one in his mouth and then he died on the floor of the grocery store. Actually, actually, no. I remember it, it said like he went to the hospital, then he was in like a medically induced coma and then he died. But he like dropped. He just dropped in the grocery store. Man, I I that would that's such an embarrassing way to die. Going into a a coma from choking on like a food sample at like <laughs> at like a Costco. It's so weird that like you can't even include him in the conspiracy and say that the CIA killed him too. Yeah, I mean the CIA should kill more people that way because they'd just be like, <laughs> "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, if they could kill people like that, that's how they should kill everyone. On his way to the hospital, he somehow lost his hands, too. Kind of weird. <laughs> they were just misplaced. I don't know. Maybe he choked on those. So the question, the question then, why would the CIA kill Gary DeVore? What was this script about? If they were working with him, why would they kill him? Well, maybe he turned on them and was going to expose some stuff with this movie. The official story for why we invaded Panama. Now, obviously, when you have the official story for why we invaded a Central South American country, you can pretty much just go ahead and assume that it's false. That's barely even a conspiracy theory type thinking at this point. But basically, the official reason was we were going to arrest the dictator Noriega for drug trafficking. Now, what's kind of funny about this uh, is that Noriega was a major CIA informant and partner that's like that's not even a conspiracy that's just a a well-documented thing so he would help us get money to people that we were trying to get money to get guns to people he was like the cia's guy at first and then for whatever reason they turned on him and they killed him and he got him out of power we had our reasons it doesn't matter that was like (laughs) however many years ago also i don't think the cia has ever done anything bad I think True. professionally, we can both say that. I love the CIA. But according to a wacky conspiracy that DeVore was supposedly going to get into in his script, the real reason we had to oust Noriega was because he was running a sort of honeypot operation for the United States government where they would blackmail politicians and other like high-ranking military people so he had this huge stash of blackmail that they would use to extort and manipulate people and he went rogue or whatever and so they had to shut that down and get all their blackmail back this is what the guy the guy from the documentary the writer with no hands matthew alford this is what he says gary divorce script was going to be about and it's it's not clear what exactly Matthew Alford really knows, documentary man. Um, he also wrote a he wrote a book, uh, like I said earlier, and he he has refused to like name certain people. He left out certain names. Now he could be legitimately fearing for their safety. That's one possibility. And he also he was once asked in an interview, point blank, if he thought he'd ever spoken to someone who knew the real truth and he would not answer coward he's a coward kind of a coward yes he won't name names let's name names let's name some names right now jackie chan uh bruce willis <laughs> uh john clive van damme steven good seagal good burger keenan thompson <laughs> kel mitchell uh wait who are you naming what did they do dan schneider i don't know I'm just naming names dan schneider you're right dan schneider is innocent true but you, on a side note, you have actually argued genuinely for Dan Schneider's innocence. Yeah, there, there's no, there's no proof. There's just no proof he he did anything wrong. He's just, he's just a weird guy. Feet, feet are funny <laughs> to kids. How much is Dan Schneider paying you to say this? <laughs> he's, not, 
He's not paying me anything. <laughs> you frequently bur- you frequently bring up Good Burger, and now you're defending Dan I Snyder. love Good Burger. I have the novelization. You've seen it in my room. I have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> but with Gary, so with Gary DeVore, we have an extremely suspicious death with missing items and a guy who turns up a year later for unknown reasons. You have multiple people saying that he worked for the government. And you have a script that was probably about the CIA. I think these are all red herrings. The script probably meant literally nothing to anybody. Uh, His publicist is probably just some weird guy. I don't know why a scriptwriter needs a publicist to begin with. He probably just got killed by like a cartel or a gang or something. He's missing his hands. He probably, the script was probably like the sequel to Dunstan Checks In. It was probably like a comedy. He probably went and hid somewhere for a year and then crashed like an idiot. <laughs> and then his hands flew out the window and then they were picked up by birds and carried away. Exactly. Because here's, here's the thing. Here's what people don't know. I work closely with people in the CIA. They would never do something like this. They would not harm the hair on a fly's head. That's the expression. And I'm saying it correctly. They would never do something like this. I was at the CIA offices once and there was like a spider that like crawled out from behind uh, like a desk. And they, they did the thing where they scooped it up with like a paper and then they they like set him down outside. They wouldn't even kill it. Like that's how. They gave him a haircut, a suit, a job. They let him off into the world. It's great. Yeah, this is so like it's what I've presented here makes it seem like we're finally talking about a conspiracy that's actually true, but it's actually as wacky and crazy as saying that Jim Carrey killed everyone and like killed the orangutan from Dunstan Checks In. I feel like these were these were relatively low-level Hollywood conspiracy theories. Well, I've got a lot more ammo on this, and we could do a second Hollywood episode. What, give us give us a, 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 a teaser, a trailer, if you will. Do I want to do I want to drop some spoilers? Just drop yeah, like a clip. Here's all right. Here, here's some here's some stuff that might be coming up. Lights, camera, uh, action, marker. Dunson checks in. The real story. How many Dunsons were there really? <laughs> William Shatner killing his wife. <laughs> Have you heard about that? Uh, if he did, um, I think I can give him a pass. <laughs> I unironically think that. Some, some like artists or, you know, like actors, singers, whatever, just based on the merits of what they've done artistically, I feel like they should get like some sort of pass. Like Michael Jackson, if he did do any of that stuff, I mean, like, (laughs) come on, it's Michael Jackson. You're saying he earned those kids. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He earned it. Are we going to have to talk about Drake killing Triple X? Do we have any mail? Email? We do have one listener email. Is it from who I think it's from? Oh, okay, here's the listener emails we should be getting. Do we need another Hollywood episode? Because I personally am ready for Hollywood part two. What do you think? As if, if we can ramp up the intensity by like, if we can crank it up by like <laughs> 10 times. Okay, we can do that. I want, I want you to say some real anti-Semitic stuff about like... <laughs> Hollywood in the, like the twenties or something. That's I, my my friend told me that what we need to do because basically Jews are included in every single internet conspiracy theory. So what we need to do is just have an episode talking about the whole origin of Jews being in every conspiracy, which could be interesting, but would also be like not that funny because it's based that's basically just a history lesson at that point. And I think those people kind of already know. Yeah, Jews are great comedians, but when, when you want to talk about them in a conspiracy standpoint, it's it starts getting not that funny. Yeah, it's like this wasn't funny. Like the the, the Holocaust, that's, this isn't as funny as like Seinfeld. Like you're going to you're going to tell me that like uh, a Jerry Seinfeld type of guy is, the, is who's controlling the world. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> That guy can't even control an audience. That guy can't even control a, a, an airplane joke, you know? Control the world. I can't control the audience. I, I date 16-year-olds. 
Hey, she was 17. <laughs> All right. Which is, how old is he? 40? <laughs> yeah. What, you don't think 40? <laughs> I, think, I think Jerry Seinfeld is like <laughs> 33 or something. That's not a great look, Seinfeld. Do better. But the character of Seinfeld, he was always dating age-appropriate ladies in the show. Highly unrealistic. Anyway, listener emails. Uh, Nigel has responded. Thank you, Nigel. It's Nigel from New Zealand. He said, first of all, he has an apology to make. Said, my apologies for the abrupt tone of my last email. The penis problem was not mentioned, and in hindsight... My statement that I don't care is untrue and unkind. I'm happy to hear that Agent X, that's you, has made a perfect recovery. I look forward to the impending takedown of the Lemurian Fellowship. It's coming, Nigel. We have big, we have big plans for them. And I'll, I'll have you know, due to some sudden advances in the government uh, medicinal technology, my penis has fully regrown. <laughs> I think... I think next episode is is going to be Hollywood part two or, you know, actually, I'll, I'll tell you this after. This is like too secret. Okay. This has to be like a big reveal. Okay. Next episode, part two, potentially, if you have anything you need investigated that you need that you feel needs to be on the show, you can email us. You can message us on Twitter. Unless it's Dan Schneider, because then we, we know you're some sort of shill for the Lemurian Society or whatever. On this podcast, we support Dan Schneider. He's on our he's on our list of <laughs> allies, <laughs> friends of the podcast. Yeah. Um, in conclusion, I think people in memory of Gary Devore, who died of a random accident, you know, watch Dunstan checks in his best film, and always you know make make sure your hands always stay attached to your body. Oh.